time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Bauckham, and this is the Thrivology Podcast, the podcast about how to thrive in your life, no matter what's coming your way. And let's face it, in these days, it seems like every new day brings something new coming your way, something to deal with, something to cope with, which reminds me of a conversation I had with a client a number of years ago. She was telling me all these things that were happening in her life. And they were just difficult points and, and struggle points and, and problems that were coming from things she had done, things she hadn't done. I mean, it was just a, just a mess of life, according to her. And I looked at her and I said, well, it does sound like it's perfect. And she looked back at me and said, what do you mean perfect? It's horrible. And I said, well, I didn't say it wasn't horrible, but it does sound like the present is perfect. Now, I was pulling from an idea, and we, it took us a while to unpack that because she didn't like that idea. But the idea of perfect, that right now this is the present perfect, is an idea that I got from uh, one of uh, my kind of mentors. Uh, he was the beginner of uh, probably the grandfather at this point of life coaching, Thomas Leonard. Uh, he was one of the original people who said, hey, this is a profession. And he talked about the present perfect. When you first hear that, present perfect, that kind of sounds like you're all the way back to English class, you know, where you're having to deal with what tense something is. That never was my thing. Uh, grammar was always a struggle for me. And therefore, I kind of get little shivers about that. But it's a great concept to think not about grammar, but how the present is perfect. What he said is this moment this instant is a perfect representation of everything that comes before it leading to right here. So wherever you are is the present perfect. And that's not something that we tend to like to hear. I mean, that was my client was like, it is not perfect. So just let me remind you of that word perfect. Perfect does not mean great. I mean, you could look at something and go, oh, that's a perfect steak, or that's a, a, it was a perfect day, or perfect sunset, or, or you could also talk about a perfect storm, right, or a perfect collusion of problems there. I mean, it's not, it doesn't have to be the upside. We always think of perfect as being that's, that's where it is. It's, it's the, the perfect place for us is the high place, but the perfect place could be that just everything fits together perfectly, for instance, that perfect steak, you know, it meant that it was prepared perfectly, that it was cooked to perfection, that the meat quality was to perfection, that the spices included were to perfection. It doesn't mean that somebody's going to enjoy it. You know, somebody could sit down and say, well, it doesn't taste very perfect. It needs some ketchup on it, or it doesn't taste very perfect. It's not cooked the way I like it, even if somebody else would rule it perfect. Or let's go with the perfect storm. That term is used when everything comes together to create a scenario that is a nightmare of a storm, but everything fit together perfectly to create that problem. It was a perfect storm. Now, this is an interesting thing for us to kind of process these days because let's face it, most of us are struggling with how things are going. 
We're in the midst of a pandemic. We're in the midst of, in most of the world, political upheaval on some degree. We're in the midst of people struggling with, with economics, and, and we're facing racism and lots of other things around us. And to be able to say this moment is perfect can feel like a stretch. So I want to unpack that a little bit because I think it leads us to think about how we can thrive in life. Because part of what happens is we struggle against what is. We struggle against this present reality, this present perfect. And because of the struggle, we can find ourselves away from the thriving place and feeling like we're even not surviving, but at least surviving, at best surviving, instead of figuring out how to thrive through that. So when we say that this is the perfect moment, right, that's that's what it means. It's the culmination of everything that comes up until now. This present perfect is in this moment, everything that comes before it. So if you think about it in that way, you can realize that there it really is no other way this moment would be. We're going to talk about why that's important in just a minute, but just kind of think about that for a minute. From everything that was going on, all the way back to the beginning of time, everything that happened, every event that happened that coming up to your life, everything that happens in your life, everything you do, everything that comes to you, everything that happens to you, all of that has brought us, you and me, to this moment in time, to this instant, to the experience you're having of this instant, to how it feels around you, to the circumstances around you. All of those are perfect representations of all of that that's come before. Now, Let's be very clear. There is a difference between perfect and preferred. And that's where it's important to be able to say, you know, okay, it is a perfect representation, but this is not how I would prefer it. And this is kind of our struggle. It was interesting to me that usually when we are complaining about things, I mean, really complaining about things, not just like, oh, I hate the weather, but really complaining about something, it's usually something that can change. Now, I haven't noticed too many people complaining about gravity. I mean, what's the last time you had a conversation with someone who said, you know what I'm really tired of is that gravity thing. I'm really just tired of that. It keeps getting me down. Every time I try to you know, break free from gravity, I, I fall to the ground. So we don't fight against the things that are just there, right? And we, we may complain a bit about it, but there's no struggle against it. It's just an acceptance of what is. Which is different than saying there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, most of us learn in our lives how to navigate gravity. We don't just go, well, I guess I'm supposed to be a blob on the floor. I mean, that gravity is what is, so I might as well just lay down and let it be. We end up finding ways of staying on our feet, even walking and and running. And we find ways of throwing a ball to someone at a distance knowing that gravity is going to change that curvature. So we throw it a little bit up and we, we calculate for gravity. My son and I, when he turned 18, uh, what, six years ago now, went skydiving. And one of my reflections about that after it was over, uh, one of the things that I'd tried out before that was hang gliding. And I really enjoyed hang gliding and, and paragliding and ultralight flights. I just couldn't put myself at the risk. But when we went, hang, when we went skydiving, we finished it. And my wife said, well, what did you think? And I said, well, I mean, it was a controlled fall. You know, once you jump out, that was the exciting part. After the chute comes up, after that, it's just a pretty view and a controlled fall. And I realized that that wasn't my sport. Uh, for many other people, it is what they love, and, and I'm sure there are other levels of it. It just wasn't my thing. But what I realized was I could not have been skydiving had it not been for gravity. 
I could not have been in skydiving if it had not been for the parachute to fight against gravity. So, you know, we kind of find a way of balancing those. Just understand, though, that it's a given, right? We're playing with gravity every day. We're, we're accepting that that is what is, and then we function around that. And that's kind of where we get to with this present perfect piece. So how do you deal with that? Well, first of all, we have to recognize that there are some givens, and then there are some actions. And this present moment, what's happening now, is a combination of that. For instance, you didn't choose where you were born. You didn't choose when you were born. You didn't choose the family you were born into, how they functioned or dysfunctioned, right? So you didn't choose any of that. You also didn't choose the DNA that happened. So you, you're caught with that. That's what you have. You also don't have much choice about what others do or did around you. So we all end up in circumstances. You know, sometimes people play as if they had some great choice in the family they were born into or where they're born or when they're born, when in reality, we all are, as the existential philosopher said, thrown into the world, right? We're thrown in and then we have to figure it from there. So those are the givens. So the color of your skin, your, your race, your gender, all of those things are just they're the back that's the givens they're just there and then there are all the other places where you get to choose the actions what you do or don't do what you did or didn't do those are all within your control and i'm going to talk about that a little bit more in just a moment but we want to define those pretty easily for ourselves because they're going to change what we do from here so if we've already arrived through the fact if you're agreeing with me that this moment is the present perfect. There is no other way for it to have been. We, we get to that place. Then we have to ask the question, so what if it's not my preferred place? And then we drop back to an equation that Jack Canfield made famous. Uh, a, he's a colleague and also well-known person in the self-help world where he teaches people on his success principles. And one of those principles is about this success formula that he made famous. It's a very simple formula for you to remember. I've done other podcasts on it. He talked on my podcast about it. It's E plus R equals O. The letter E plus the letter R equals the letter O. E plus R equals O. So just a brief reminder, if you are not familiar with that, E is the event. It's the external event out there. That's the E. Then there is the R. And that is your response. And we're going to go in this a little deeper in just a minute. And that equals the outcome. So the event, something happens. The R, you respond in a certain way. And that leads to a certain outcome. And that's an important concept for us to just think about. Because sometimes we, if we're feeling like we have no control in our lives, we can believe that E equals O. Event equals outcome. Something happens. We have no say-so in it, no power over it, nothing we can do about it. We just end up with our outcome. No way to control it. We just stumble through something happens, and that something happening continues forward into the outcome. Some people believe themselves to be so powerful that they get to control everything. 
that everything is on them. And, and that can be a place either of feeling powerful or powerless. Uh, there are some philosophies and belief systems that believe that you are 100% responsible for what happens. So here's why the outcome matters. If you believe that you have full control of that outcome and it's not going the way you want, you blame yourself for all of that or you blame other people. You know, if you look at somebody and you go, well, that's all your fault, we miss all of the events that led up to that. And so if we believe that everybody is 100% responsible for what's happening in their life, we miss all of the things that led up to that, whatever that was, their background, the things that occurred to them. Or you believe that those events don't matter at all, that you get to choose your success, that as I've talked to people who are successful, you know, I've talked to several who are like, you know, I'm a self-made man or woman. And the fact is that none of us are that either. Uh, Self-made is a hard fall when you realize that that can be taken from you very quickly and then you have to blame yourself. So it's a very pivotal place if you believe that you – Your response to everything is equal to outcome. It's direct correlation. The fact is that there are events around us and there are our responses that determine what happens. So the place of empowerment is to realize that we are not ultimately 100% responsible for our lives, that there are things that are happening around us, but that we get to make choices within that to choose how we deal with those events in our lives. And, and there are two things we can do. One is we can accept and adapt to whatever's happening, or we can move to make a difference, to change where we are in that. The, th- the three W's I often talk about in that is what, sometimes we have to wait, sometimes we have to walk, and sometimes we have to work. Those are kind of our three options for whatever events are out there. The wait you know, something happens and you're just, okay, I've just got to wait this out. And sometimes that is something important to do. You're, it's just a waiting game to see how things flesh out that, because you'd feel like there's not anything you can directly do to change it. Then there's the work or, or walk. And that is when you just walk away. And, and think about this in terms, for instance, of a job. Sometimes you just go, okay, I'm just going to hang on to this job and, and keep on doing it. Even if I'm not happy, I'll keep on doing it. I uh, had a uh, client who owned a company that did uh, a lot of uh, work with uh, sewage systems, uh, with septic tanks. They, they did a lot of pump outs of septic tanks, and he did the work himself. And I said, how is that for you? And he said, well, you know, it, it's horrible work, but it allows me freedom to do lots of other things. And so because he was willing to put up with the mess, he was waiting out the mess, it allowed him freedom in other areas. And then there is the option of walk. Maybe the job is no longer doing what you need or something's happened there and you need to get away. And so you walk away from it and find something else. That's your response. And then the work is when you decide that you've got to change some things within that. You've got to change how things have moved forward and and work to make things different. Those are kind of our choices of response. Do we wait do we walk? Do we work? Dealing with those events. Sometimes we don't have a lot of choice about that. Maybe you realize that you've got to wait, keep going to that job because you're supporting the family. Or maybe you decide that as big of a problem as it is, you're walking because there's something that's creating a circumstance where maybe it goes against your ethics or your values to stay. 
Or maybe you need to transform it. All options. E plus R equals O. So the events are always the external. The response is how we deal with those external events. And the combination of the two leads to our outcome. So what does that mean? Well, your outcome, if we choose the idea of this present perfect, your outcome is the present perfect right now. So let's say that you're getting exactly what you want in life. Life is exactly the way you want it. The outcome, your present perfect is exactly where you want it. So if that's the case and the events stay the same, then your response can stay the same. But if you're getting what you want and you notice the events are changing, the economy is changing, what's happening in your industry is changing, then you might have to change your response to keep the outcome. Or what if the outcome you're in right now is not what you want? And so you have to change your response. If you want a different outcome, a different present perfect, you change your response where you can. And I want to remind you, we don't have 100% choice of all of that. There are things that are outside of our control. So let's just talk for a moment about what is in our control. Three things that I've talked about before. You can control your aspirations, your attitude, and your actions. That's all you can control. Your aspirations, what do you dream for? What do you hope for? What do you want to move towards? What are your goals? What brings life alive for you? What is it that you want to move towards? That's your aspirations. You have control over that. You can choose that. Sometimes we forget to choose that, but you do have a choice of saying, this is what I want in life. This is the, the, the path I want to follow. Now, you don't have a, uh, a control over the fears that might pop up, but you do have some control on how much energy you give those fears. Do you nurture them or do you dismiss them? Then you have control over your attitude. And this doesn't mean have a positive attitude all the time, but the attitude of, I, it's kind of an attitude like, how are you directed? If you have the attitude of, I will figure this out, I will keep moving forward, I can do what I need to do to move forward. That's one attitude you can choose. Another possible attitude is to say, I give up. There's nothing I can do. I can't deal with that. Just recognize that we choose which one we want to be in. Sometimes we feel like that's, that's not a choice, but it, it really is to be able to say, I'm going to figure this out. So if we choose our attitude of, I will figure this out, I'll keep moving forward. And if we've chosen our aspiration that directs that, then the other place we have control is in our actions. What do we do? What do we not do? What do we say? What do we not say? That's what we can control. Anything outside of those three areas are not in our control. So we focus on the areas we can control. And one of my observations is that many times people get wrapped up in trying to focus on the things they can't control rather than the things they can control. So my challenge to you is to keep your focus there on the things you can control. And don't allow yourself to be pulled into things you can't control. Okay, so we know our givens and our actions. We now know what we can control that lead to that equation, E plus R equals O. The givens are the events. Our actions are the O that leads to the outcome. So what does it matter? Well, one of the things that I am a firm believer in is acceptance. 
If you can say this moment is a perfect reflection of everything that's come before, then struggling against where you are isn't going to do much good. And so we come to the point of acceptance. Acceptance is when we say, this is where I am. Sometimes people assume that acceptance means giving up. I accept defeat, right? That's, that's how many people have seen that. Years ago when I was a chaplain, uh, that was early days of uh, looking at grief as having five stages. And the final stage is acceptance. And we believe that everybody had to get to acceptance. The problem is that one way that people thought about acceptance is when they finally go, okay, I'm going to die. And that was not what Elizabeth Kubler-Ross meant. She meant, okay, this is really where I am. I've got to face the facts of what's going on in my life. That's acceptance. It's not about what might happen next. It's about where I am right now. And so acceptance is being able to say, this is where I am. Now what? It's not about what might happen next. It's about where I am now. I think about it much like when you're going on a trip. When you're going on a trip, the first thing you do if you're looking for directions is you have to know where you are. When I used to do orienteering, they would give us a map and the map had a spot that said, you're here. And we would start from there. We would orient ourselves to the map and the trail we wanted to follow based on where we were. Imagine if someone hands you a a map and you say, well, I don't like where I am, so I'm going to navigate from over here. It's a better place for me to navigate from. You're probably not going to get where you want to get to. So acceptance is saying, this is where I am. This is the spot I find myself. This is where in life I am. Some time ago, I had someone in my office who was majorly in debt, just tens of thousands of dollars in debt. And, uh, and so one of the things that she finally did is bring in all of her bills. And she sat them down and I said, well, have you added them up? And she said, no. And I said, why haven't you added it up? And she said, I don't want to know. And I looked at her and said, does not knowing change the amount in any way? She said, well, no. And I said, does it help you in any way? And she said, no. I said, I think it keeps you, it holds you back. It doesn't move you forward. It holds you back because until you know where you are, you can't figure out where to go next. Acceptance is saying, this is where I am. And the second part of that is action. What do I need to change? How can I go from where I am to where I can be? Because remember, our actions, our choices lead to the next moment, which will be the present perfect, but at a different space based on both the events that are going on around us and our choices. If you're not liking where things are, hopefully this has given you some space to start looking for how you can change your present. If you like where you are, you have to figure out how to lock in where you are the present. Either way, the present is perfect. Whether you're liking where you are or not, the present is perfect. The question is how you then move forward to get to your preferred place. Look at where you have control. Decide whether you need to make a shift or manage to maintain where you are. And then realize the power of acceptance and the power of action for the next step. If this has been helpful, I'll hope you'll share this with somebody else. Just You can send them the link or send them to thriveologypodcast.com. But that helps to spread the word. It helps others to thrive. And I believe that in this world right now, what we need are more and more people wanting to thrive more and more 
to bring that in, to move us to a different place so that our present perfect as a community, as a world, is at a different place. If you want some more help with that, please check out my books by going to thrivology.com slash books. That's thrivology.com slash books. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to thrive in your life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.